Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. We will be spoiling past episodes that we've already discussed and the episode or season as a whole that we are discussing in this episode, but there will be no spoilers for future episodes. Uh, leaving town to spin off on my own show, I'm Harrison. And hopefully not going to bring up the uncomfortable amount of times I've thought about high school memories throughout this season, I'm Jason. This week we're doing an overview of the entirety of season three, and we're going to discuss some of our favorite moments from the season. Yay, just like we did in season two. Yep. All right, Jason, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm keeping it plain and simple with a, a yingling lager. Oh, yum. Yeah. God, love me a yingling. Yeah, it's it's a very good go-to beer. It's I've I found it becoming my go-to beer when I don't have Sam Adams around. We um we do yingling a lot. Um the uh the like drive-through liquor store across uh, around the corner from us always has like six packs of yingling. Um, so we, that's, that's one of our go-tos as well. It is a, it is a reliable, not too expensive beer. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's got all of the accessibility of PBR and none of like the piss water taste. Mm-hmm. Do you remember like how fucking excited everyone was when Yangling became, available in louisville like oh my god it was, it was like such a big deal it was like the first time we got an ihop <laughs> um, louisville people don't have a lot to celebrate <laughs> not right now no nobody does um, i uh i also just made me think of that meme that's uh it's the uh uh padme and obi-wan talking about anakin and she's like he he killed yanglings and yeah and then it's anakin just like in a field surrounded by like empty cans of yangling yeah <laughs> love that meme it's so funny i i love um, all the variations of it um i'm about to right, kill this uh, i'm drinking <laughs> my uh <laughs> i am drinking my uh my go-to my favorite gin and tonic um, gin and tonic I love you so much, gin and tonic. I love you, Harrison. That's right. Drink me all <laughs> up. Don't spill me. <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> what your mom said last night. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, that comeback <laughs> would have hurt if it was like, 1984 listen if i wanted my comeback i'd ask your mom for it that wasn't very nice harrison <laughs> the rest of me is not going to taste that great that joke's on you it all tastes great <laughs> um <laughs> this week so, the uh, voice of the gin and tonic that harrison is drinking will be played by me <laughs> the role you were born to play <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna do that every time you have a gin and tonic. Just 
I'm down. Add for a voice it. to I'm, it. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm down for it. Um, so how this will work, uh, just like we did in season two, we've got uh, twelve like categories. Twelve. You want to do a toast? Oh fuck yeah, we should do a toast. <laughs> um, God damn, I've been doing this for like fifty some odd episodes, and I still can't get this shit right. Um, here's to season three of Buffy. Uh, it was the best of times. It was not the worst of times. Uh, there were, uh, there was lesbian subtext. There were snakes. There were knives. Uh, there was heartbreak. Uh, there was sex. Um, literally my entire Saturday night plans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. All in one night. Buffy had to have 22 episodes for it. Yeah, well, I go hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've heard that about you. Uh, cheers. <laughs> Prost. For a minute, I thought your toast was just going to be, here's to Buffy season three. You're like, that's it? <laughs> Way to dial it in. <laughs> um... Uh, so yes, as I was saying before I forgot how po- the podcast works, uh, <laughs> we have 12 questions and categories. Um, we will go back and forth um, answering them. And uh, Jason, you're showing up in the Google document as anonymous elephant. What am I? What are you talking about? Oh, it, you know how it shows you like who else is in the document and it's always like a, a weird animal? uh no i'm doing it for you oh no i got well i maybe it's because i i'm just in the booze and buffy like drive as booze and buffy so maybe yeah booze and buffy is like the only profile that's appearing so oh so that's me well i'm booze and buffy you're anonymous elephant (laughs) Uh, that's what they called me in high school (laughs) oh that is like like that does sound mean just like (laughs) anonymous it's like horton the anonymous elephant um, except no one like, knows who he is or cares. Except like, he's not anonymous. His name's Horton. <laughs> well, not by the end. Like at the beginning of the story, no one really gives a shit about him. So he's kind of like anonymous to the jungle. But then by the end, he's a hero. So yeah, by the end, in the he end, to be a hero, Jason. In the end, he meant what he said, and he said what he meant. An elephant's faithful, one hundred percent. Yep. But this is not a Dr. Seuss part podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Booze and Dr. Seuss. That could be fun. <laughs> that could be Get dangerous. Real... <laughs> <laughs> Get real fucked up and attempt to read Dr. Seuss. Um, I have a I have a feeling we got a bonus episode coming up where we get like <laughs> super trashed and pick out a Dr. Seuss book and just read through it. That could be fun. <laughs> Um, so I will, I'll get us started if that is okay for you, Jason. Fire away. All right. So Jason, tell me what was your favorite season three monster of the week? Well, like we were talking about right before we started, there weren't too many, um, Mm -hmm. monsters of the week this year. Um, a lot of it due to the fact that, or at least not too many that were featured, uh, very much due to the fact that the uh, second half of the season becomes extremely serialized. Um, Mm -hmm. I would, I would have to go with the 
horrifying mask that brings people back to life in Dead Man's Party <laughs> that Joyce, okay. for some reason, stole from the museum and hung up on her wall. Oh, uh, yes. And it just uh, looks horrible, too. Like, who would think, yeah, you know what? I should hang that up on my wall. Yeah. Um, I That's a good one. Um, I was going to go... So my, my instinct at first was... Um, uh, was to say Anya, um, because she was a monster of the week. Oh yeah, I was like, that's not really, yeah, that's not in the spirit of things. Um, so I decided to go with Vampire Willow, even though she is. I I honestly was thinking about Vampire Willow as well, but uh... I don't. I wouldn't consider her the monster of the week for the wish. She's the monster of the week for Doppelgangland. Um. Uh, so kind of funny, actually, her and Anya swap roles between those two episodes of uh, Monster of the Week and then Supporting Antagonist. Yeah. Um, but, so yeah, I'm going with Vampire Willow. She's hot. She wears leather. She's definitely bisexual. Um, and I'm into that. I'm, I'm, I'm gay for Vampire Willow. Yeah. Like I said, not a lot of Monsters of the Week, so um, I think we can move on to our next question. Harrison, our next prompt. Mm -hmm. Harrison, what would you consider the scariest moment of Season 3? So, as I pulled up the list, uh, I panicked a little because I actually hadn't thought much about this before we started. Um, And I was like, oh god, what is the scariest moment? Um, And I, I, I came down... It's, I, I think for me, it is when, um, uh, it's when Faith, uh, confronts Willow after they've captured her, that confrontation between the two. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, it's really tense. It's, um, I, and I, even though, like, I knew Willow wasn't going to be killed or anything, I was still really scared for her, like, because we've the show had done such a good job of showing us how um this isn't how choices, dangerous by faith the way. could be yes yes um so so yeah that for me is my uh my my scariest moment my scariest moment is um is also faith related because faith is scary yeah. um <laughs> It's in consequences when she gets fairly close to raping Xander. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I about that one too. Yeah, it's like I know it's going to seem strange that I'm showing concern for Xander, but <laughs> I mean, it's also, and we talked about this on the episode how um, men are not often seen in the public as victims of sexual abuse, even mm-hmm. though it happens. And, um, yeah, the fact that, uh, it's something that you don't see a lot in media, like something unfamiliar immediately, um, immediately like gives you like the unfamiliar is scary, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times. So the fact that that dynamic has been switched and we're okay with dynamics switching on Buffy, um, with like, you know, the the woman being the hero, but yeah, not the, not the woman being the rapist. Nobody should be the rapist. And, and yeah, yeah it was like, 
and Xander thought that like he had this he had this connection with Faith that um, she really just didn't see or didn't care about, and mm-hmm. she decides to like tease him with it and then threaten him with it, and that yeah, that's that that's tough, man. It's yeah that that is such a great not like a great moment, but it it is it is harrowing, it is scary, and. Um, you know, of course, we're not the biggest fans of Xander here, but that we certainly don't want yeah nobody like that to happen to anyone. Yeah, fictional or non-fictional, nobody should ever have that happen to them. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so, uh, I think we've boiled it down, though. Anytime Faith is uh, doing something, it can get pretty scary. Yeah. Um, Jason, what was your season three most heartbreaking moment? Um, probably it's not really a, um, it's not really a singular moment, but more of a series of moments in one episode. And Mm -hmm. it's probably, uh, in helpless when Buffy is, uh, finds out that she can't go to the, um, was it Disney on Ice or the Ice Capades? I think Ice Capades. Okay, she couldn't go to the Ice Capades with her dad, and mm-hmm. so she's not so subtly reaching out to her adoptive father, um, or her, uh, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Um, like surrogate. surrogate fa- there, that's it. Yeah. Her surrogate father, Giles, when at the meantime he has to show lack of lack of uh caring for her as he's slowly like point like sapping her strength from her and mm-hmm. when she realizes what he did and the look of betrayal on her face that that gets me every time mm-hmm. um yeah. and also like it's it works both ways because you know that giles doesn't want to do this and mm-hmm. he hates doing it and and the the fact that he has to betray the the person that I think we can argue that Buffy is the person that he cares the most about. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, I think that that's a wonderful moment that you, or I guess, series of moments, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for me, mine is the prom, um, in not not specifically the scene where Angel breaks up with her. But the aftermath, uh, where Willow and Buffy have their conversation about it, and yeah. uh, Buffy's breakdown to Willow, the 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 breakup itself is is sad, but it's this it's this beautiful moment of friendship and tenderness between Willow and Buffy, um, that that to me just really breaks my heart. I. Um, when Buffy just breaks down crying and says, I feel like I can't breathe. I, I just, I, I, I empathize with her so much. And I also just, I love everything about Willow in that scene, just being the best possible friend that yeah. that she can be. Um, I think the whole thing is just beautifully written, beautifully acted between these two talented women and um and it really and of course ca- as i mentioned it's uh it's it it speaks to me on a personal level because i've gone through something similar um and um it just takes me right back there and it really captures uh the what that scene was going for um because mm-hmm. 
whether you're the person who's been dumped or you're the person trying to support the person who's just been dumped, you like, you really do want to, especially if you're the person trying to support the other person, you really do want to like, just try to take their pain away or like carry it with them. And you can't. And that's frustrating. You see that on Willow's face too. Yeah, it is. It's so difficult to be in that position of, uh, of the comforter. Um, when yeah as you said when you want to be able to just absorb all of that and you can't do it you just have to be like willow was just a rock just an anchor um to keep that person steady um and that is so difficult and it's uh i personally like sometimes struggle with that i really want to be the type of person who fixes things and um i I sometimes forget to just listen um, because I'm going. All right, we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna make plans and all this. And um, I, you know, John's called me out on this before, where he's like, "I don't want you to fucking fix it. I just want you to to to, to just be here." And you know, um, so that's that's my journey that I have to go on. <laughs> hey, it's it's a journey that has been shared by many. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Chris Traeger in that episode of Parks and Rec, where uh, Anne wants to be fed a trash bag full of mashed potatoes. Um, <laughs> I I feel like anyone who's never watched Parks and Rec has just heard that description. And goes, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, clearly that means you'll have to go um, and watch Parks and Recreation. You got time. Yep. Nobody's doing anything. <laughs> also, all right, Harrison. Uh, Funniest moment of season three. Okay, this one was easy for me. I, I There were a lot of funny moments in season three. I think season three is great for humor. It is. But goddamn, it is for me. It is uh, Willow coming into the library when Giles, Xander, and Buffy all think she's dead. <laughs> at, at, in, in Doppelgangland. That's awesome. And the ensuing conversation therein. I mean, is there... To me, that is like, uh, you know, and I there were a couple moments in Band Candy where I was like, ooh, maybe that can top it. But no, I think it is that library scene. Yes, that, it is that so is funny. Amazing. When Willow says, uh, and actually even all the stuff leading up to Willow coming in when, you know, Xander's like, she was so much better than the rest of us. <laughs> much Jocelyn. better than me and Jocelyn much, much better. <laughs> Giles once again saying what everyone was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. And then when Willow's like, say, y'all didn't happen to do a bunch of drugs, did you? I love it. I I that is top tier comedy. Oh yeah, no. Um there's so many good moments in that uh in that episode. Especially when uh when Willow has to like put on uh Vampire Willow's outfits. Or when Cordelia is talking to Vampire Will and is completely unaware. <laughs> the fact that, and I mentioned this in our Doppelgangland episode, but the fact that Cordelia takes the time to brew a mug of tea <laughs> like, to just really, to really drive home how uh, how long they've been sitting there. Well, you gotta brew the tea before you can spill it. <laughs> uh, what about you, Jason? Okay, um, you did bring up band candy, and I gotta... I gotta give it to like probably my favorite quote of that episode. Mm-hmm. Just 
Principal Snyder hanging around, like the the kid version of Principal Snyder hanging around with uh, Buffy and the gang, and just when Buffy's driving and you don't see him on camera, like you just see the car driving away, you hear the screech of the tires, and Principal Snyder just yells, "Geez, Summer, you drive like a spaz." <laughs> It's really like, yeah, it, it's so great because Snyder keeps up his totalitarian tough guy appearance, like super, um, super strict with the rules, never trying to show any emotion except maybe like a, a sick joy when he can uh, distribute discipline. Yeah. But the, and the fact that you got to see him in this episode be such a loser but also the guy that you would love to have around if for nothing else than to feel better about yourself <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah and that line just kind of summarizes everything that he was in that episode for me and god i think i've ref- this that's the third time i've referenced it on the podcast so so happy yeah. to <laughs> so happy to see principal snyder in that view it's so good it's so good um, I will, I do want to, just because Band Candy came up, I would do want to throw in an honorable mention of, uh, Joyce providing Buffy with the handcuffs. handcuffs when <laughs> to restrain Ethan Rain. Oh boy, oh boy. All right. Um, all right. So we've, uh, we've broken it down to, to, uh, some, uh, very specific types of moments. But Jason, tell me, what was your favorite moment of season three overall that's a tough one um because season three like season two had so many amazing moments in it and unlike season two which i'm a lot more familiar with uh season three i don't have like fully committed to memory um even after this watch through if i had to pick one uh it would it would probably have to be uh, angel centric, because that's just who I am. <laughs> yeah. um, it would probably have to be an amends when um, Angel is basically ready to kill himself with the sunrise, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and it's it's a really and we mentioned before how it can be a little like a, a little like. I don't think tacky is the right word, but a little, uh, <laughs> overwrought. Maybe. Yeah. That's probably maybe. a good word. Um, but yeah, uh, the fact that angel sees, like he views himself as beyond redemption. He doesn't mm-hmm. deserve to see another night. So he's ready to just face the morning and, um, all the while Buffy trying to convince him that he is, worth it is worth for him to still be there and keep fighting and then the sun is pretty much blocked out by the snow clouds so it's a it's a christmas miracle but it's also a sign that there is there is still hope for angel if never being able to receive full redemption for all the things that he's done to um at least be fulfilled in working towards that redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And again, as we mentioned in the immense uh, episode, we it's, it's very much 
without being a backdoor pilot, it's very much the backdoor mm-hmm. pilot for Angel in setting up the themes that that show will cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, stay tuned. Um, for me, I went back and forth between uh, um, the Faith and Buffy fight in Graduation Day Part 1 uh, and the um, the actual like unveiling of the of the class of ninety nines, uh, uh, like yeah, army-ness. when they take off their graduation robes and that part have the weapons um, and everything. Yeah, that's awesome. I, those moments were up there, but ultimately, I fi- I finally decided for me, it's Buffy receiving the class protector. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it is. Uh, I mean, and we talked about it ad nauseum in the prom episode, so um, I don't know how much more I can say about it, but um, just the Buffy finally receiving um, recognition, um, uh, admiration, um, you know, um, praise. There's a word I'm trying to think of that's make affirmation. That's what I'm thinking. Affirmation. You know, uh, all these all of these themes have been recurring throughout season three. Um, what is Buffy's role as, as a slayer? Um, how does that differ from Faith's role as a slayer? What is being the slayer? What does that mean? Um, is what Buffy's doing? Does it matter? Um, all these questions that have been brought up throughout the season, I feel like get answered here and rewarded. You know, Buffy yes Buffy is getting confirmation that yes what she is doing is worth it um she is doing a good job and maybe she can't save everyone but she still saved a fuck ton of people yeah and um and to see her get recognized for that in such a beautiful fashion um and it's very I think it's stunning yeah and the fact that it's um and the fact that you can tell that uh like, it wasn't something that Xander or Willow put together. It was something mm-hmm. that all the people that nobody thought were, um, nobody thought was, uh, paying attention to Buffy, um, they did notice. And that's, it, it's heartwarming. <laughs> yeah. we, we, we've pretty much said every good thing you can say <laughs> about that moment, but damn. Yeah. Class protector. Agreed. Um, all right, Harrison. We talked about our favorites. We talked about yes, the highlights. Let's talk did. about the lowlights. What is your least favorite season three moment? This is easy. This is so easy for me. It is any time that Willow and Xander kiss. <laughs> Pick one. It's the worst moment. I oh, I just I I'm like grossed out saying it. Yeah, I'm it's a very. It, it feels like it was a um, it was a story that was there to put characters in certain positions, and. Mm. Um, the story itself wasn't good. It it was never really believable. Like, I never, um, like, with the exception of, with the exception of, like, uh, the moment in, uh, in Innocence and the, uh, and a couple times in season one, it's Mm -hmm. very, uh, you never, you never picture Xander and Willow together. Right. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a childhood crush and nothing yeah. more. 
and it needed to have been left in childhood. For me, it feels like that storyline was there because they needed to break up um, Cordelia and Xander. Yeah. And there were better ways to do it. I mean, you've got two personalities who are both very hot-headed, competitive, and constantly like clashing with one another despite being in a relationship that's a that's an angle you can go to how it's just not sustainable for these two people with these personalities to be together um but instead they go this really lazy cheating route which is unpleasant to watch um and frankly does a lot of damage uh to those characters uh, from an audience perspective you know, I love Willow, but I did not like Willow during those episodes. I was pissed at her. Yeah. Um, so my uh, my least favorite season three moment. Um, it doesn't just involve Xander, <laughs> but um, it <laughs> yeah, actually involves <laughs> yeah, it involves everybody. Um, and we're going back to Dead Man's Party with this. I absolutely hate, <laughs> hate, hate, hate the way that everybody gangs up on Buffy. Like, they make it... Mm-hmm. They they truly do make it... They don't... They don't try to open a dialogue. They just decide to, hey, you're clearly the worst person ever, so here's... And we're just gonna make you feel even worse about it. And I think yeah. this even extends into... Um, into Revelations... Uh, when Xander finds out that Angel's alive and uh, and he of course takes like the first opportunity that he can get to like uh, to tell everyone and like be a rat about it and everything and um, and I'd like that Buffy finally calls him out on that because yeah that's that's the thing like Xander's always been um, he's always been jealous of Angel that that's all it boils down to and he decides to like try to mask it in every way he can, whether he's standing up for the life of Jenny Calendar or uh, or just like standing up for the safety of Sunnydale in general. You know that's not it. You know that he's just a jealous little asshole. And <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, it, I had, it's it's worse in Dead Man's Party because everyone is attacking mm-hmm. Buffy, and yeah, and having been the Having been on the receiving end of something similar to that, I can say I did not enjoy it. Yeah, um, it's funny. I as you were, uh, you were saying that, and this is so wrong. But I was think I, I in my mind I was like, yeah, it's really fucked up how they were gang banging Buffy, and then I was like, no, ganging up on Buffy, not <laughs> gang banging. Oh my god. <laughs> oh Harrison. <laughs> that's oh, the boy. Uh, that's the porn parody, Dead Man's Orgy um <laughs> good job uh all right so uh jason um out of the recurring cast so for listeners who maybe aren't uh, uh hip to tv lingo um that is anyone who's not who's not a series regular anyone not featured in the opening credits um who is your who is your character mvp for season three so i want to say anya because Mm -hmm. this is like uh this is the very first time she's been eligible for this award um (laughs) but and uh and the nominees are and probably the only time she'll be eligible for this award (laughs) but um 
I do have to say, uh, her, I feel like her development, um, her development, like a lot of her good, better stuff comes later. Um, so I'm going to have to give it to, uh, to the mayor, Harry Gruner. Um, Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic villain because he just, we we mentioned it last week. He just chews the scenery. Um, it's such a, it's such a, and a couple of students. (laughs) It's such a delight and a lot of bugs. (laughs) <laughs> it's such a delightful idea for a character to have this evil guy who is obsessed with becoming a giant demon and um like kill a whole bunch of students or whatever but at the same time also being an incredible like neat freak and mm-hmm. um and yeah just the it like it it's able to blend horror and comedy so so well that I feel like, and no other villain in the series is able to, uh, ha- like nail that entirely. So yeah, um, yeah, he's he's just a delight to watch, and um, it took a while for us to really see the full aspect of him because his storyline didn't really kick in until the second half of season three. But yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Like I was there for it, so it was worth the wait. Yeah, agreed. I wish we had more. I wish, I wish writers uh, were uh, brave enough to create more villains like Richard Wilkins that have those like uh, contradictions to their you know supreme evil, but also you know germaphobe. Like I, I would I and I think Buffy does this really well of having villains that have personality traits uh that aren't necessarily in line with like what they're after and what they want they're i think the season five big bad uh is similar in that regard to uh to to mayor wilkins and i'm very excited to talk about uh that person Um, of course you are (laughs) yeah i think uh, i think the reason that writers aren't eager to do that is because um one it seems like uh a lot of um, TV that involves villains tends to take a darker turn and mm-hmm. they, they feel like if they introduce personality traits like germaphobism or something like that, uh, then, um, which, by the way, germaphobism is not a word. I'm sorry for that. It's uh, not. I, I but, was going to let it slide. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't let it slide. Call me out on it. But the, um, uh, I think they, they're afraid of it appearing too campy. And, uh, like it won't be taken seriously whereas buffy is very able to for the most part um balance the camp well yeah buffy is able to lean into its camp because it's um it's it's premise lends itself inherently uh to camp in in some ways um so um yeah um for me i had a tough time on this one um, my initial gut reaction was to say Faith. Um, but I'm actually, I'm going to go with, uh, Joyce Summers. There you go. Um, yeah. Great season I think for Joyce. Joyce has had a, such a great season. The journey that this woman, I mean, compare Joyce in Becoming Part 2 
to her scene with Buffy in Graduation Day Part 1. Like, what an evolution. Um, done with, frankly, minimal screen time. I mean, how many times this season did we go... Wait, was that Joyce's only scene in the episode? Yeah, and it was usually accompanied <laughs> by Joyce makes a count every time. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I think she had such, her, she grew so much. And her the way she learned how to support Buffy um, was wonderful. And that's my favorite part. It wasn't just that, you know, it wasn't a switch for her. That, oh, I, I accept my Slayer daughter. It was a growth. She had to learn. Uh, and she had to practice. And sometimes, you know, sometimes she made mistakes. Um, sometimes she was uh, put under like a mob mentality spell by Hansel and Gretel. But ultimately, <laughs> she came through. And when when the chips were down uh, in graduation day, and Buffy said, this is what I need from you, Joyce did it. And yeah, it's it's this wonderful full trust that she has mm-hmm. in her daughter now, and which also, she didn't have in seasons one. And two. also like belief in her capability to keep mm-hmm. uh, to do what's right. Yeah, and I mean, you also get to see um, like it's also wonderful when she gets like the college acceptance letters, and Joyce is like super yeah. freaking out about that. Like it's it it's delightful. Um, can I say huh. a? Uh, I want to give an honorable mention in recurring cast. Um, of course. I almost said this before Richard Wilkins, but uh, Jonathan. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, this this character that literally had just kind of been hanging around in the background for a while now. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned that uh, they were a little worried that Danny Strong wouldn't be able to do the performance in Earshot, but... The, and like that's kind of Jonathan's like shining moment, um, yeah. but he did he he nailed it. He um, and it's not like he was trying to kill anybody else. He wanted to kill himself, um, and he said like he would never hurt anyone. Which kind of like it's it's so sweet and sad, and um, mm-hmm. the fact that like Buffy laid some hard truths on him, but still like told him like hey you shouldn't be doing this and uh that's what made it so beautiful that when it was time to present buffy with the class protector award jonathan was the one who did it and uh yeah yeah so yeah jonathan i think this season is really good for its recurring cast honestly yeah Um, especially because like like i said with the serialized nature of the second half of the season you're able to get a lot more out of characters like Faith and the mayor. Um, Mm -hmm. And also Wesley. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I actually have one more uh, honorable mention. Um, Mr. Trick. Yeah. I love Mr. Trick. So much fun. I'm still mad that he got killed off when he did. Um, So thank you, Mr. Trick, for giving us what you gave us. Pour one out. All right, Harrison. We talked about the, uh, we talked about the recurring cast. Who is your MVP for the main cast? Uh, this is hard. It really is. This was such a strong season for so many people. Yeah. Um. So we'll just get this out of the way real quick. It's not Xander. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> um, oh, 
Do you, I'm trying to remember who I picked for season two, and I honestly, I can't remember. Um, I... Hmm. I think I'm going to say... I think I'm going to say Willow for this season. Okay. I think, uh, despite a rocky start there for her, um, I really love seeing Willow come into her own uh, in a variety of ways. In her magic, um, her, like, blossoming adulthood, uh, her relationship with... um, her relationship with Oz, her relationship with Buffy, um, uh, Allison Hannigan's relationship with Alexis Denisov. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, I feel like despite the fact that Willow wasn't given like an aggressively prominent storyline this season outside of that, which will not be named any further. Um, <laughs> she just really grew so much um and the i was i was just really proud of her confidence that we saw um you know looking back at season episode 1 of this season when she's terrified to go uh off campus because maybe they changed the rules that seniors could leave campus for lunch to choices I think that was I think where, that was episode 3 Oh you are right um uh uh but yeah just that that arc of her from you know and this has been her arc for so long, but it really, really came into its own, I think, in this season. You know, standing down faith uh, in um, in choices. Um, you know, the... I, I just... I, I'm really proud of Willow and how much she's grown. Um, so much so that I'm, I'm willing to look past certain things to name her my MVP for this season. So um, it's really funny because I knew that your MVP was going to be one of two people and that was also (laughs) going to be my MVP, uh, two choices. And I'm like, okay, if he picks Willow, then I'm going to pick the other one Um, and I'm going to pick Giles. Um, yeah that was is... that was what i was going back and forth between you're absolutely right dude we, <laughs> we we've been doing this show too much <laughs> um yeah uh we I, I and i always think of um the little moments that we would always talk about especially in the second half of the season post helpless um mm-hmm. but uh yeah like seeing seeing um Giles go from reluctant watcher to legit father figure for Buffy and just flat out admitting it um, and uh, putting his like 100% support behind Buffy, especially when she decides that she doesn't want the council in her life anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, he says like, well, she doesn't need the council. And, uh, but yeah, and like even from the very beginning, how um, Giles is still looking for Buffy. He's still trying to find her, um, and he's the one who uh, who lets who keeps uh, Joyce in the loop as well. And Joyce says some not so great things to Giles, um, mm-hmm. some true things. But uh, and of course, we've got band candy. Where yeah. Giles totally bones <laughs> yeah. Joyce, and it's it's great. And 
the and one of the best payoffs of the season is when um is at the end of earshot when Buffy just says like oh are you too busy having sex with my mother and Giles just walks straight <laughs> into a tree but yeah no Giles it's so good yeah Giles um and I'm gonna I'm gonna save everything else that I'm gonna say for the next question which you're about to ask me. All right. Well, then I'm going to ask you, um, Jason. Tell me what is your favorite season three episode? And uh, you know, when you think of your favorite episodes of Buffy, you typically tend to like trend towards the season finale because hey, this is where all the all the story's been leading up to and stuff yeah. like that. But that's or some of the um, some of the high concept episodes as well, or where yeah, a lot of people. But this, I, I have. It, it was funny because I knew this was going to be a question even before you sent these to me, and I've been thinking about it for the past couple of weeks. And the minute that I, uh, the minute that I thought about, it, like it's not graduation day, it's not even a men's, it's helpless. Helpless yeah. is such a good episode. And something that I never thought about um, going the first time I was going through the season was how important the um, Buffy, Giles, and the Council storyline is because a lot of times you kind of forget that in the, uh, like, in retrospect when looking at the mayor storyline. But um, the fact that uh, that happened and it happened and it was done with such aplomb, like... It was so good. All the emotions. You feel all the emotions in that. Um, like I talked about the heartbreaking moment where um, like uh, Buffy realizes that Giles betrayed her. And that's like that probably apart from uh, Angel losing his soul and becoming jealous might be the worst betrayal that she's ever felt. Um, to mm-hmm. the uh, And to the point where she has to save her mother from not just any vampire, but from a particularly malicious vampire. Um, yeah. And she has to do without her slayer strength. And she does it with her resourcefulness. And the council is like, and the council's like, oh, well, we're very proud of you. And she's like, fuck you. And Giles is like, fuck you. And Giles is like, also, fuck you. And um, then it yeah. ends on that tender moment where, like, Giles has. Buffy already admitted um, that she saw Giles as a father figure. That's why she asked him to go to the ice capades with her. And Giles outright says that he views Buffy as his daughter. And that slowly mends the, uh, their, like, their relationship following that betrayal. And it's not like a hug it out scene. It's not like a something like that. Like I flat out forgive you. It's, the very subtle um, Buffy is like still trying to recover from her fight and um, and she lets Giles like tend to her wounds and yeah. that's beautiful and also like scariest moment I was tempted to um, to put like when Buffy is trying to fight this vampire because uh, it's so well done yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that was on my list as well, because it's one of the few times that the season uh, 
uh, is I think we've mentioned before, Buffy started out more horror oriented and did move away from from the horror aspects more into general fantasy. Um, but when it when it does lean into its horror roots, like in Helpless, like that's it is scary. It was, it's yeah. for real scary. Yeah, but Helpless um, is my favorite season three episode. And I probably wouldn't have said that after the first time I watched the season, but definitely mm -hmm. having the discussions that we have about it, um, I'm very glad that it's my new favorite season three episode. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about doing this is, is the fact that we get to discuss these really in depth, more in depth than we might do otherwise, uh, and really, uh, you know, learn new things or come to understand new things or make new connections that we didn't necessarily um, make before. And I've, I've really enjoyed that, uh, that part of this process. Yep, it's fun. It's a good time. Uh, Harrison, your um, favorite season three episode. Yeah, uh, it's the prom, man. Uh, I and I this was another one where I was like, God, there are so many choices. Is it Doppelgangerland? Is it uh, choices? Is it Lovers Walk? <laughs> is it you know? Is it choices? Um, it, uh, is it amends? But I think for me, it has to be the prom. Everything in that episode comes together so well. I am, uh, you know, as I mentioned, I, I picked a song. Uh, I played a song at my wedding uh, because of that episode. Um, I just I just think it's stunning from beginning to end. Uh, and even the stuff like like the, the silliness of the hellhounds was the, the right kind of silly, the fun kind of silly um, that was a nice... Uh, respite from how heavy um, the rest of the episode could be. And then the fact that it begins in such a heart heartbreaking place and ends uh, and it sounds, sounds so cheesy, but in a heartwarming place, you know, it, this episode begins with us getting ju just repeatedly punched in the gut with these scenes of just sadness and bitterness and heartbreak and then at the end, this warmth and love and affirmation, um, as I said before, I, I think the prom is stunning. Yep. And just to like piggyback on what you said, um, its placement is so well done. It's it's a nice little mm -hmm. breath between choices and the two part finale. Um, it's a it's a much yeah. needed breath. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, Harrison, what was your least favorite season three episode? This one was really easy. Um, as we discussed on multiple occasions, season three is consistently really strong. Um, so when uh, in those episodes, when it does uh, slip, it, it's real obvious. And um for me, it, it was Beauty and the Beasts, episode four of the season. Um, oh, yeah. Just uh, really muddled storyline. Um, you know, trying, like, too many balls in the air. It was like Spider-Man 3. Um, you know, a, a story of, uh, you know, this domestic violence storyline that was not... Um, uh, not given the proper attention that it uh, that it required, so it just is 
felt very half-baked. Um, this, you know, and, you know, this weird, like, monster mash sort of, like, what if it's Dracula meets the Wolfman meets Jekyll and Hyde, and uh, just it, it is so much being thrown into this pot uh, to ultimately make a, a crap stew. Um, <laughs> beauty... <laughs> Beauty and the Beast is the is the clear uh, bottom barrel episode of the season for me. Yeah, it's um, it's also just forgettable too. Like mm. I, as soon as you said it, I had to like think back about what was in Beauty and the Beast, and like, oh yeah, that's right, forgot. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah, that's kind of like, and you've said it before, like it's. It's one thing if it's a bad episode. It's another thing if it's a forgettable episode. Yes. Oh my god, I hate that. I we have an episode uh, coming up in season four that is bad. Uh, one might say, but it is not forgettable. Um, Everybody remembers that and, one. Um, and uh, that one's so bad that it's almost fun. Beauty and the Beast is just bad. Like, yeah. Uh, so my least favorite episode is uh, Gingerbread, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of has to deal with the fact that um, while there are some good things in it, um, there is like the, uh, it does bring up the idea of, oh, what is Buffy, has Buffy actually helped anybody? Um, I don't like the way that it takes that, and mm-hmm. it's it's such a strange story that honestly doesn't have too much bearing on the rest of the series even um with the exception of amy turns into a rat yeah um and uh stays a rat for a while um but yeah and then um like the two murdered children which you would think would be like one of the cooler uh things is like almost not even covered really it's Mm -hmm. it more focuses on their effect um, it's, it's very kind of, a. It, it's just kind of lacking in urgency and lacking mm-hmm. in overall importance. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I think it, those are like, those are the only two really bad episodes of the season. I think so too. Um, I would also say Gingerbread is a really important episode, uh, for us, because that's the episode that brought us Principal Snyder nutting to fascist authority. Oh my so. god, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you gotta make your own fun, man. Uh, Alright, um, so uh, getting a little meta here. Um, Jason, what was your favorite episode of Booze and Buffy from this season? So, guys, I um, I gotta say, and this is gonna probably shock everybody, my favorite episode to record was Dead Man's Party. Uh, because... Really? One... Yes, let me explain. One... <laughs> I, I got, had some I got ideas to have of a... what you would say, but I was not prepared for you to say Dead Man's Party. Okay, I'm into this, yes. So, um... Honestly, the look on your face is worth it. Uh, but the um, the fat one, I got, I was able to like let off a whole bunch of steam about how angry I was with the Scoobies, um, because there are times when I watch stuff and I think 
Does anybody else ever think this deeply about stuff and get this angry about stuff when watching TV or movies about these really specific things as I do, or is it just me? And the fact that we had like an, a talk where we could relate about how bad the Scoobies were handling everything. Um, that was very like, okay, good validation. I needed that. (laughs) Um, but my absolute favorite thing about recording this episode was guys, I laugh a lot while we do this. I think the most I laughed was at the beginning of this episode when (laughs) Harrison character for getting syndrome kicked in to the oh max <laughs> and the <laughs> yeah and the fact that you like you messed up every character's name in that like tracking shot montage of the inside of Sunnydale like with school starting the inside of Sunnydale high and then you like brought up how bad you were at this and then you <laughs> and then you proceeded to do it again and yep. i believe that followed with my longest bit of laughter um to date on booze and buffy but yeah i just it's it's the stuff that i enjoy it's like the the good times that we have like um it's all about like having a really good time or really good discussions and yeah we had really good discussions but it's also really funny to laugh at my friend yeah i mean it's true i i am incapable of saying it the right character's name it's not that i don't know the character's name (laughs) It's just that I'm bad at saying them. Yeah, um, in the heat of the moment. <laughs> also, the fact that we down. got to, like... The fact that we got to go on about just how fucking awful that mask is. <laughs> uh, um, so, for me, I think my favorite uh, was... Um, uh, to My favorite episode we did was Band Candy. I... Um, one, I just really enjoyed the lead up to band candy of like coming up with like a fun candy themed sweet drink. Yeah. Um, and I really loved that drink that I ended up making. It was that sweet tart martini. Yeah. Uh, that also John ended up really loving, which is funny because he was like, I guess, I guess I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> Your John impression is horrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's not he he sounds more enough. like, he sounds more like, um, hang on. I I guess I'll try it. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, but also just, it was a really fun episode to talk about. Um, and I think that was our, like, booziest of Booze and Buffies, that, like, uh, this season. That was the yeah. one we definitely... Uh, cause well, that's where I made a white had, Russian. I was, and... Yeah, I was like, both of our drinks were high alcohol content. I know I had two while we were recording. Because uh, I like, I had John come in and like mix one for me. I can't, um, um, I can't have two of my white Russians in one no. night. That um, uh, one that, is that, too many. that leads to disaster. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was just such a fun episode. Uh, just just a good time to record. And also, it's a uh, great episode to just talk about in general. Yeah. Um. All right. You want to take us out with your our final question? Yep. Uh, overall season feelings about season three. I love it. Like, <laughs> it's a really good season. I do. I, I think the, you know, every character for the most part is serviced really well here. Um, 
they uh you know the relationships between these characters are developed uh even further really beautifully um this theme of senior year of graduation of moving on into adulthood is is really well handled um and we've got a really fun villain in the mayor and a really great examination of buffy's role as the slayer um with her relationship with faith um i I just, I, I think outside of a couple, uh, a, a few minor missteps, I think largely it's just a really, really strong season. Um, I, I often say, you know, uh, people tend to rank season two as the best season. Um, and I do agree that season two has uh, the best uh, season arc with its Angelus arc. Um, but... I think season three as a whole is consistently stronger than season two. Um, you know, as we, as we mentioned, we really only had two episodes that we thought were like total duds, whereas season two's got significantly yeah. more. Most of mm -hmm. them are, you know, most of them are front packed at the beginning of that season. So um, once the arc kicks in full force, it's not as noticeable until you get to fucking go fish. But um, yeah, I, I love season three. I just think um, I think it's such a great end uh, of this of this arc of high school. Yeah, I um, I got to very much agree with you on that. Season three is fantastic. Um, I very much enjoyed, uh, seeing new aspects of it, really paying attention to the, um, to the, uh, to the Giles Buffy storyline, which meant a lot more to me this time around mm -hmm. than, um, than it did. Cause it kind of like fell off of my radar in, um, in my first time watching it. Um, and, uh, not only that, but the fact that. You would think that, oh, the Buffy Giles thing is kind of a temporary storyline before the mayor storyline really starts. But we mentioned it before how the fact that the person that Faith gets closest to is the mayor. In, mm -hmm. It's like this twisted reflection of the Buffy of the Buffy Giles uh, dynamic. And yeah. um, it, it works extremely well. Um and Giles, which basically ends with uh, Giles getting to Giles getting to deliver like the killing blow to the mayor, and yeah. um, also even beforehand he got to stab him with a sword, so that was cool. Hot. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I really my appreciation for the uh, Gi for Giles in general went up so much while we were going through this. Um, especially when they brought along Wesley, who was clearly just the lame version of Giles. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and like the growth in a lot of the characters, um, obviously in Buffy, um, like season one was kind of like, oh, this is my responsibility um, as a slayer. Season two was dealing with heartbreak and season three well, overall, like, it does have heartbreak, but um, I think the main mm -hmm. thing overall is, like, the true accepting of the burdens of adulthood. Um, yeah. Or maybe not overall accepting of it, but 
heading into the world where you have where you will be confronted with those burns of adulthood um yeah it's it's great um and a lot of these episodes hit really close to home and Mm -hmm. uh we also got to talk about uh uh subs and doms so that was fun (laughs) but um yes but yeah and like uh yeah, and uh, Marty Noxon had yeah a lot of great talent. Um, Marty Noxon, David Greenwald, um, David Fury, like uh, a lot of them uh, putting in some of their best work. Because um, I mean, we made fun of uh, some of the crap that Marty Noxon was putting out in season two, but um, sh- this season she put out the prom and mm-hmm. uh, and um, the wish. So yeah. Yeah, um, and David Fury putting out Helpless. Um, also, what's really funny is uh, so David Simmel, who is the director for Lover's Walk, I recently um, uh, restarted watching uh, Star Trek Discovery. David Simmel directed the pilot episode of, um, of Discovery. Oh, was, so I'm sure he probably makes it. The... was really hot. Probably. Um, <laughs> it was either him or Contner. I think it was I think it was Simmel. Uh he had like a he had a daddy vibe to him that I liked. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and you know what? Even uh even like Xander getting his moments in the Zeppo um were fun to watch. And uh yeah, mm-hmm. we we didn't mention the Zeppo at all. I feel like it should get a little bit of a mention because um it's kind of like the first time that Buffy really decides to like make fun of itself a little bit because at this yeah. point it had grown into this is probably when like viewership for Buffy was the highest. Um so like this and probably next season. Um but yeah, I uh think so. but yeah um so the fact that like it was bigger than um it was probably bigger than they thought it was ever going to be and uh -hmm. you kind of have to wonder did they ever think did the creators like did joss and all the other creators ever think that this was going to be such a huge part of popular culture of tv culture um i don't know i can't like i feel like they all knew that they were doing good work but um it's i mean you know how fickle it can all be um so i don't know I, um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, something to think about. But yeah, um, so, yeah, season three is just a really good, a really good, um, just a really good set of episodes. And, uh, also they finally got, took out those stupid sound effects in the title (laughs) sequence. With the exception of Giles swinging his flaming torch. And I'm all right with that being in there. Yeah. Uh, and also the, in every generation, a Slayer is born narration yeah. at the beginning of everyone. Um, I liked it a little more when they switched it over to Anthony Head doing it for season two, but uh, I did not miss it once it finally dropped off the radar. Um, it's like, we get it, man. We get it. <laughs> all right. Well, that was season three. Um it, it uh it's weird that we're moving on to season four slash season one of angel yeah and i mentioned before how um 
it was kind of crazy that we did um we did this entire thing while we were in quarantine mm-hmm. um and uh there were a couple of like technical difficulties and snafus but i think overall we did a pretty good job of it and yeah i think so yeah um and now we know uh, obviously we can, like yeah we... obviously like uh, a lot of the credit goes to harrison because he did oh, put in a yeah. lot of time into uh editing the episodes which um i think uh uh from what i've listened to sound great oh thank you um yeah uh but yeah and uh well, it, was... it helps to have it helps to have you here uh making it easy honestly Aww. like all right we can jerk each other off later (laughs) emotionally not physically because we're we're too far away yeah covid (laughs) and also we're not into that i mean i'm not i love jerking off Uh, all right uh take us out of here jason i'm 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 starting to be a little too much like myself thank you for joining us on booze and buffy We'll be back October 22nd with Season 4, Episode 1, The Freshman. But keep an eye out for some potential bonuses in the meantime. Hmm. I wonder what that could mean. Uh, as always, I'm your We're going to get drunk and read Dr. Seuss books. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I am your friendly neighborhood, Harrison. And, uh, sometimes I'm not very friendly. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman. Uh, or on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. Uh, that's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Uh, I also have a blog where I write about horror movies called Horror by Harrison at blog.blogspot.com. Um, I think the movie I'll be writing about when the, the week this one this episode it comes out uh, is Black Swan, I believe. Ooh. Don't hold me to it. If you get on there and it's a different one, then I Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij three five seven, and on Twitter at plain old yami j. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at booze and buffy, or you can email us at booze and buffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out a and d. Uh, please reach out with your thoughts, feelings, um, fan art of us. Uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, Do they even know uh, what we look like? Could be anything. <laughs> uh, you know, it could be a picture of me, like, uh, like with a giant gin and tonic, a shirtless angel. I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, like somebody, like please, uh, please make a picture of Harrison hugging a giant gin and tonic with, uh, with like a, a face and uh, and legs and um, arms. Just like it. a yeah, a fun little mascot for uh, <laughs> for Harrison's life. Um, also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. Like we said, we really enjoy your all's feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, it really helps stroke the ego. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you said stroke, and that just made me think of jerking off again. Uh, uh, um, oh, we should talk about uh, next season. We are going to incorporate Angel as well. Oh yeah, we um, talked about that on the graduation day episode. Did we? I didn't remember. I don't remember how much detail we went into it. Uh, uh, basically, just that we're going to be alternating between Buffy and uh, 
Yeah, we're we're going. Yeah, we're going to do. Um, we're still going to do an episode a week. It's going to be. Uh, and it's going to be based on uh, when the episodes were released. So, mm-hmm. um, fortunately, with the first two seasons of Angel and the next two seasons of Buffy, it's all like yeah. up, back and forth. But then after that, it gets a little then it wacky. Gets complicated. Yeah, but um, but yeah, you know what? We we we've got yeah. like. We've got like four seasons of TV and two like chronological years before we get to that. So, yeah, there you go. You know how in uh in the Doctor Who episode the Pandorica opens at the beginning, where like young Amy meets old the older Amy in the Pandorica, and she's like, "I'm not gonna attempt to do the accent," but she's like, "This, this is, is where it gets, it gets complicated, kids. Yeah. That's what it's gonna be like when we get to <laughs> to that point." Um, also, we've been, like, we haven't, there's one bit of, like, um, uh, a cast member of Angel, who we really haven't been able to talk about because it's such a huge spoiler, um, but I've been wanting to talk about it for three seasons now, and we're so close to being able to finally fucking talk about it. Um, but you'll find out. Um. All right. Uh, as always, go slay and be gay. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.